Hey everybody, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast. Um, really pleased to have you joining us again um, from wherever you happen to be in lockdown. I think this is the sixth or seventh podcast now when we're recording from lockdown. Um, I hope you're staying safe and well. Really delighted to have uh, Peter joining me from Rapid Deploy for this week's podcast. Peter, welcome to Giant Talk. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Really excited to be here. Fantastic. And you're uh, calling in from um, South Africa, I believe. Yes, Cape, Cape Town, South Africa. Very nice. It's a, a nice place to be in lockdown, I imagine. At least you've got some decent weather over there. Exactly. You're not, not getting to experience the winelands and the beaches, but um, at least get to look out the window to, to some good weather. <laughs> yeah, you can't have everything, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, so we're going to be chatting today about um, OKRs, obviously, but specifically around the need for internal champions um, or ambassadors or OKR coaches, whatever you talk, however you label them, but, but really about that person or persons inside the business that's going to... Um, become the OKR guru, the OKR expert, and, and drive it forward for you and your company. Um, but first, Peter, just tell us a little bit about yourself, You know your background and who Rapid Deploy are and what they do. Sure. So so my background is um, started out in, in kind of electronic design, in, in embedded system design, and, and writing a little bit of that software, um, and then really working in, in production line environments, a lot of automation, robotics, started getting an interest into to how those systems were, were being integrated to kind of more of the traditional um, software ERP systems, started layering on top of that, um, and then got an opportunity to, to go and study computer science as well. Took that, um, uh, circled back into the, the robotics fields, um, eventually ha- had enough of that, um, and then kind of took took the move to Cape Town, got involved in more commercial software, uh, payments processing, and then kind of really ended my technical career and, and pivoted it into, into project management, um, Scrum Master, kind of more agile way of working. So really uh, discovered a passion for, for agility and, and working with teams to, to uh, achieve some cool stuff through, through Scrum Kanban. And then about six weeks ago now, I believe I joined Rapid Deploy, a really amazing company, um, doing good work in the in the public safety space, specifically really disrupting um, the, the 911 kind of need out there and, and shifting away from old dinosaur, big infrastructure kind of on-prem solutions into what we call um, cloud-aided dispatch versus computer-aided or dispatch. Right. That sounds really interesting. I mean, we were talking just before we started recording that there are a lot of, of telecoms, tech, startup, software companies happening out there. Um, this is the first one, certainly, that I've come across this disrupting the space of, you know, 911 dispatch. Yeah, exactly. Really, really um, great work. Um, super passionate people. A, a lot of um, a lot of paramedics and um, police kind of knowledge uh, internally. So really, uh, right. amazing privilege to work with such passionate people and, and doing it with great tech. So so really enjoying it. Yeah, I mean that's a, a perfect combination, isn't it? Really, when you've got the passionate people and the fantastic tech, that seems to be when when companies real really start to hit a winner. Absolutely. So what's your role with Rapid Deploy then? I know you've only been in the role about six weeks, but yeah. what are you doing there? Yeah, so so I'm I'm kind of fitting into the the 
I, I thought I was going to the engineering manager role, um, but right now I'm really just assisting with with um, helping the the agile processes scale, um, and really focusing on on kind of coaching the people into that agility thinking. And this is more in terms of Scrum and and software delivery, um, and then hopefully that that role will involve evolve into into coaching kind of the broader agile concepts and um, really helping the teams navigate that that rapid growth as well. Awesome. And you had to onboard with them during lockdown, did you? Yes, my, my first day was, was remote. Um, it, it was quite an interesting experience. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying um, challenging the, the paradigms of, of don't do agile stuff remotely. It it's, must yeah. be in the room, must be co-located. Uh, we don't have a choice right now. So that, that challenge has been really, really interesting and, and obviously made easier by, by great teams. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's funny how many people before uh, COVID struck saying, you know, it's impossible to do these things remotely. We can't have flexible working, uh, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And now some yeah. are forced to do it. And, exactly. and they're coming up with amazing initiative ways of doing it, you know? Exactly. I've been I've been just um, being in touch with with friends and, and previous colleagues. I've been absolutely amazed at the innovation that's that's being forced right now. And also so seeing small businesses pivot into areas they've never been in. It's, it's quite quite interesting observing all of that. Absolutely. Um, so when did you first come across OKRs then, Peter? Yeah, at, at my previous company, um, I, I got handed a, a book. I, th I think it's quite the, the famous book, Measure What Matters. And sure. um, yeah, <laughs> when I first saw the title, I kind of ro rolled my eyes a bit. And then one night started reading through and, and it really just... Um, yeah, it really echoed with me being in, into Scrum and Kanban and the, the concepts of trusting teams to kind of set their own goals and guiding them to an objective, which is really what, what Agile software delivery is, is all about. It really um, yeah, it struck a chord with me on, on how to use that at a strategic level and, and really help guide kind of bigger groups and, and, and that journey for, for teams that were growing. So I uh, became quite passionate about it after reading the book. Yeah, that's really interesting that analogy you make there because at Derby Giants, we that's one of the way we ways we describe OKRs, you know, is taking that agile mindset and approach from software development and applying it to the business as a whole and, and processes throughout the business. Yeah, I'm, 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 and that's why I like it so much because I've been doing software development and scrum thinking so long when I read it, it just snapped in the kind of strategic level and and really a lot of those concepts and a lot of the culture around it was was um that appealed to me in, in the software sense is is obviously reflective in OKRs. Yeah, absolutely. Um so you're obviously a massive fan of OKRs then. Um I understand you even use them in your personal life. Yeah, um I've I've nerded out on them that much. <laughs> um <laughs> So, so earlier this year, um, uh, as as one does in January with New Year's, New Year's resolutions, I didn't set the traditional. I want to go to gym more, mm. and I really looked at at maybe using one or two OKRs to to set those really key objectives for for my personal life for the year. And, yeah. and having had my daughter last year, kind of shifted the thinking from going to gym or, or eating healthier and to, to setting that objective of, of being a healthy dad and then kind of tying key results to that about uh, what, whatever you want it to be. If it's too personal, I'm happy to share, but, but getting my cholesterol level under control or yeah. losing weight, really kind of tying that together and, and 
so far it's working. My my objective is still being a healthy dad. I obviously can't go to gym a lot, but I've pivoted on to kind of healthier eating habits and that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. that's how I've been incorporated into my personal life uh, and into some of my hobbies as well. <laughs> and do you um, do you find that it's easier to keep up with it than say your traditional New Year's resolutions? think so um <clears throat> I, I did kind of um challenge my wife to, to that she act as someone that holds me accountable so huh. every now and then she would call me out and go hey how's your how's your gym okay are you doing and it kind of forced me to discuss my results so as you were talking into the chocolate cake she'd say that <laughs> exactly exactly she's not being <laughs> too subtle about it um but but it is helping have that person kind of uh, keeping me accountable and and yeah. i think just framing it around um the objective um that that feel good get out of bed thing has really helped me uh, quite a lot I've got to say, I think that's awesome. Um, and we did actually record a, a whole podcast on this this subject with um, a lady called Melanie Vessels back in season two of the podcast. And I think it's such a good idea. I mean, for me, it just makes sense. You know, there's uh, like getting fit and weight loss and exercise and things like that, as you say, are pretty much the clearest examples of OKRs that you can think of. Um, and And actually... For people out there who want their teams to get used to using OKRs perhaps before introducing them in the business, um, encourage people to set some personal ones and actually yeah. it helps them, you know, understand the concepts before you launch them as a business and get really into the nitty gritty. Absolutely. Like uh, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, really, I think one of the key hurdles um, to overcome it at first with this thinking is is understanding key results and, and understanding your data points. So yeah. so what are you looking at to improve and and really when when you start doing something, what do you want to see change? And, and that's quite a it sounds really simple, but but that's quite an interesting mindset to conquer. Koan is a purpose-built solution for managing your OKRs helping your teams achieve their objectives, getting them aligned, and absolutely helping them stay engaged. Sharing spreadsheets simply doesn't scale when you're trying to grow a business. With Koan, you can scale OKRs across your entire company whilst keeping the teams motivated and moving in the right direction. Now, Lawrence, there's lots of things we love about Koan, but tell me one of yours. So, I've got to say, one of my favorite things is that Koan just allows you to have a bit of fun with the OKR process. Yeah. Um, in, in series two, I think it was episode three of this podcast, we actually <laughs> spent about half an hour, 40 minutes talking about the importance of making OKRs fun for your team. Yeah. Um, and, and Koan allows you to do that perfectly. Yeah. You know, even just things like adding a, a gift to, to your reflections adds some real personality. And I think I probably waste far too much time each week looking for the perfect gift, to be honest. But it, it allows that fun throughout the organisation. And that's something that's really important if you're going to keep people engaged. You are known for having the best gifts Thank in, you very much. in the team, definitely. <laughs> so if you would like to find out more about how to make OKRs fun uh, whilst using a great system, then pop along to uh, Koan, that's K-O-A-N.co forward slash giants where you'll find also a great paper that we co-wrote with them on how to build accountability and collaboration using OKRs. So bringing it back to the the subject then that we kind of said we were going to kick off on, um, (laughs) which is is the need for an internal champion. 
I believe you kind of held this role um, at your last organization. Is that right? That That's correct. So that was the, the OKR ambassador, yes. So what did that involve for you then? It, it was really, if you if you distill it down into a one-liner, that that would be really good facilitation. So that that would we, we were using a, a software platform to to help us track our, our OKRs. Cool. So really working with with everyone involved to to make sure that they were kind of updating those key results, closing off uh, the initiatives or, or actions underneath that, and then the kind of every two weeks having that check in on on where are we, where is the needle moving, not moving, what's blocking us, is is this OKR still working? Do we need to drop it? So really asking those kind of key questions. And obviously the, the challenge there uh, that it can be pretty senior people in the room that that are accountable also and, and participating. So so really mm. honing in on your facilitation skills to to really um, push push those through and make sure that the progress and, and just the habits are, are kept up. That sounds fantastic. I mean, yeah. um, do you think the OKRs would have been so successful in that organization without somebody in that role? I I don't I don't. Generally speaking, I, I think it, it is a key role. So, so not yeah. specific to any organisation. I think if you're going to spend spend in effort and and invest in a software platform and training and and make space to have these check-ins and no one's going to be be there and, and empowered to drive them, I, I think it's going to really stall and and it's going to become a to-do list again ultimately, and, and you're going to lose the magic of them. Mm. I completely agree. Um, you know, you, you will end up with that to-do list of tasks and your key results instead of, you know, yeah. nice, sharp, outcome-focused key results. Exactly, um, yeah. Just somebody, you know, with that bit of accountability over the organization as well, just to be able to help people out um, makes such a big difference. And and you mentioned there as well that uh, making sure regular habits and conversations were taking place. Is that part of the role? Yeah, so, so ex- exactly that. Um, and... Funny enough, it's one of the challenges we were facing. Some of the smartest people in the room, uh, really capable, was also busiest. Um, and, a, and a key lesson we we learned there was, let's not, if you've got a two-hour slot allocated to to checking in, let's really focus on on needles that weren't moving, quickly mm. coordinate on, on how we can unblock those. If something was going into the green, good document, those learnings, and then kind of, trending towards the end of sticking to an hour of doing that and then an hour while everyone was there had their calendar booked really going what can you as as the top performers as the highly capable people working on this achieve now in this hour what can you schedule what can you coordinate and really use that as a as a key area to to kind of agree on commitments for the next week or two fantastic and what's your opinion, Peter, on whether OKRs should be used um, just department by department or slightly more collaboratively across teams? Yeah, so so that was one of my key key learnings and, and really an a interesting area we we explored. Um, my my opinion through through that year journey right now is I think they they really shine where when you look for. Uh, if you look for work flowing across departmental boundaries, um, let's mm-hmm. say from from dev to QA in 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 my world, which is quite common, um, 
if there's something to improve or or, or something to to really um, innovate that boundary flowing from department to department i think those are really ideal in in okrs i think a key lesson for me on on my okr journey is doing it the first time setting it up having these big overarching goals uh, key results well known and, and well understood i would be very careful for each department department to to set their own goals that that align with the overarching objective it, it's theoretically right but what i saw the symptom was that again it becomes just that department's goals and, and just they are working mm. towards the, the collaboration and the growth and that kind of um coordination and teamwork needed across those departmental boundaries i think that's where the magic really happens yeah i agree i completely agree um so how did you encourage them to become more collaborative then we looked at um we, we didn't quite get there at the end because it, it was um kind of different time pressures came in i started exiting that organization sure. but if i look at um towards the end uh, things we were, we were starting to discuss is um let's one of the most successful OKRs that i i worked on was was recruitment um as a dev manager at the time being responsible for for filling roles we were struggling to to fill a certain profile of role and and really then where the magic happened was was getting finance involved marketing hr and really starting to pick the different skill sets and how do we solve this problem and what came out of that was really incredibly innovative solutions so um to motivate that um it's it's hard to to motivate a team that hasn't really seen um how well it can work when when different departments have a a single goal so so i would advise is look for that single goal get different departments involved and have them co-create that objective and those key results i think try and experiment on that i think that sounds like a great idea certainly when we're facilitating sessions we we try and have as many of the functions involved as possible and we actually use a bit of a heat map exercise to um, to discover which of the departments and which of the functions are going to need to have the highest contribution to the success of, yeah. of the objective and then get them all together in the room to create the key results. I think it's one of the only ways to do it. Exactly. Then it's a shared plan versus my department's objectives. Now it's it's our, our goal, Absolutely. our objective, yeah. And did you then um, encourage conversations to pl- take place, um, you know, cross-functionally as well about the OKR? Yes, I think that, that was almost really um, the, the biggest early success we had. It just really uplifted almost the quality of the conversation because now you had in that room, as I previously said, you had, you had really junior managers, very senior managers, it really um, empowered the junior manager to go, look, my key result is lagging because of this delay over there in, in this department. Yeah, it, it became very factual and, and the conversation was much lighter, whereas previously, especially junior managers would, would take that as a confrontation to a senior manager almost. So it really yeah. helped uplift the, the kind of um, diplomacy and, and the respectfulness around conversations, which was great. That's a really good point because those conversations aren't about, you know, appointing blame at all, are they? It's just about helping people realise what is going on and where the dependencies are. Exactly. It, it was always so nice to, while coaching, uh, telling some of the junior managers, just it's always 
amazing something to have to point to and go, look, yeah, my key result's not moving. It's linked to this action, which I'm waiting on you for, which is it's much better type of conversation to have. Yeah, and also, you know, the the people that you are waiting for, I think without something like cross-functional OKRs, don't always realize that the delay they're causing further up the line. Correct. And that sense of transparency um, and, and showing that delay, again, just made that conversation so easy. So then it wasn't a, someone having to go into defensive mode. It was just really, oh, oh gee, I see that. Oh, let me let me get on that for you. Mm, absolutely. Um, what are the other key lessons that you'd share that you learned when working across teams then? Um, it's 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 tough. <laughs> um, OKRs are are really a simple framework, and there's this there's the saying in in the agile software community, especially around Scrum. Scrum is easy, but but doing Scrum is hard. And, and I would really say it's the same for for OKRs. It's a really simple, powerful framework. But but once you start it, it it really highlights um, a lot of kind of probable anti-patterns or, or kind of really dysfunctional, to, to use a stronger word, areas in the business. And, and that's what you want to hone in on. So mm. kind of don't don't blame the diagnostic tool. Be, be um, happy you found that dysfunction and, and start addressing that. Kind of that's a, the biggest learning is, is it's going to be tough and, and that's okay. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you you touched on something really important earlier as well, which is about trusting the teams and employees to set their own OKRs. Um, and you you know, yes, you said you need to nudge them in the right direction to work collaboratively, but does it empower them more if you trust them to set their own? Uh, absolutely, I think that's that's when when you when you take on OKRs, really know what you're asking, and what you are asking is. For you as as a manager or leader to to trust your employees to to follow an, an overarching objective or, or set their own and that's not going to be um, I think comfortable in a lot of organisations at first the whole concept of bi-directional goal setting is is going to you're going to have to navigate that um, yeah. the the training employees to 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 call out where where they are stuck respectfully uh, that's my biggest lesson I I think is is know what you're asking for and, and what you're really asking for is, is building a, a trust culture first. Yes. I was just about to say this all comes down to culture. Yeah, exactly. It's it's almost before, make sure your culture is ready for OKRs first, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, um, you know, for various reasons. And we were talking about the, the conversations that have to take place as well. You know, it's all well and good, everybody being... Um, happy to say that their key result is lagging and being brave enough in the meeting. Um, but actually, the culture has to be right that they're not afraid to say that the key result is lagging. You know, Correct. there's no fear of failure there. Exactly. Oh, that, that's a, that's an interesting, exactly that. And also, when you're in the, in the kind of flavor of, of using OKRs as your moonshot, you want to encourage highly innovative thinking. You, you want to almost celebrate that even though we've we've tried some really out there things that didn't work, but but man, we, we learned some amazing stuff, um, yeah. and, and and really coach those managers and, and those young leaders that that's okay. You you're not going to succeed at all of this stuff, but you're pushing the boundaries. And I think under the kind of moonshot concept of OKRs, that's really important to to get across and right that that failure is not the end of your job. <laughs> no, 
No, it's all about the lessons you take from it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more there with you, with you, Peter. But again, it's a cultural mindset. You know, if people have been used to getting shouted down for not hitting results or not hitting 100%, yeah. um, they're never going to set themselves an aspirational target. And they're not going to be honest if they're not on track to hit that target. Exactly, exactly that. And, you know, that doesn't delay, that doesn't stop the failure. It just delays the failure to further down the line where it's going to have more catastrophic consequences. Exactly, yeah. And, and then you're not... not um you're not adapting to to what you're learning to, which is kind of a huge loss of value. Mm. Is there anything else that you kind of learn around setting the key results in the teams or anything like that? Yeah, um, I think really is is be be brave when setting them, um, and that was more personal learning. I think as a as a manager at the time, mm. it really it really puts you out there and 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 makes you vulnerable that that you're saying the i have these following hypothesis um and if if those are true these results will change it really forces you to think quite differently in, in setting key results and, and being brave around that and, and once again accepting that you might might fail and, and those key results might not realize so yeah that that's my personal learning is is be brave and and kind of practice and, and rehearse how how you understand your domain. Mm. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, what's your take on individual OKRs, and Peter? Yeah, I think it's a it's it's a. I've used them obviously personally, and and I I agree in the in the work context. Um, really powerful tool once again to to make visible on on what a person might be working on, and I've used it quite effectively with with some of some of the kind of um, early leaders in my teams to to help them navigate noise what they were working towards. So they weren't those OKRs weren't exactly tied to any kind of company initiative or, or, or departmental OKRs, but that became such a good coaching tool to to sit yeah. a young leader down and go, I know you're involved in this. There's a lot of noise. I can see you stressed, but write down what you want to achieve, and then write down the the really observable baby steps you want to see that is out of your control, but you want to see happening. Mm. And that really became a, a really good tool to to quiet down their mind, really help them achieve focus. So, so I'm a fan of of using that individual OKR of of maybe helping to navigate some complexity or reduce noise for someone in in some big project they're taking on. Uh, so a really interesting point, actually, and it's, it's the first time I've come across that because individual OKRs make me a little bit nervous, I must say. I think a lot of the yeah. time um, they can be used. I call it creating OKRs for OKRs' sake. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but also there's a danger of micromanaging Yeah. Um, when they're being sort of set by the team leader. But I think that navigating the noise with them is a really interesting point. Um, because I can certainly see how that would help an employee just start to guide themselves along a little bit if they're feeling under pressure. Exactly that. And and um, I almost a good point you raise is, is um, you don't want to – I have been accused of, of having an OKR hammer and seeing everything as a nail. <laughs> I'm happy to take that. But, but when appropriate, really, it is a, a good tool to use just to, to help with focus. And, and it doesn't work for everyone in every situation. Mm. But those that it did work for was, was really quite um, grateful of that and, and started 
uh, adopting that thinking into other areas of their work, which is a huge right. win for me. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned as well about how, yeah, okay, they might not necessarily tie directly into um, the sort of strategic OKRs, um, so that what we would call unaligned OKRs or, or orphan OKRs. Um, but that's kind of not what they're there to do, is it? They're there to help the employee navigate some uncertainty. Exactly. And and I knew that the, the project in question that was being worked on, that 100% tied into into uh, into strategic visions of the company. 100%. Yeah. I knew that. They knew that. Um, it wasn't really necessary to go and overcomplicate it. It was really just someone that, that needed help and, and needed focus. Um, and, and it did. Mm, that's, that's awesome to hear. Um, it's been a, been an awesome chat, Pete. I've, I've really enjoyed it. And there's been a huge amount for our listeners to take away already. Um, but if you kind of had one piece of advice that you're going to give to a company or a business leader or even just a manager that was about to get going on their OKR journey, what, yeah. what would that be? Yeah, I think two two pieces is is um, get get someone someone to help you. I think um, th- they seem simple to implement. Uh, the, the framework is simple, but but there's a, a lot of nuance and a, and a lot of complexity, like we've discussed with culture and trust. Yeah. So get someone to help you establish that. I think some of the published materials say it's doing it on your own. It, it's about 18 months before you start getting it right. So, so get someone get someone to help and yeah, have, have fun with it. Enjoy the learnings, like really focus on the learnings and building the trust with the team. Absolutely. Well, obviously, as an OKR consultant, I couldn't agree with your first point more. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, absolutely. You know, you will see an expedited process and benefits come from it. Um, but I think it feeds into your second point as well, which also, you know, yeah, have fun with it and enjoy the learnings, but understand going into it that you're not going to get it right first time. No, absolutely not. It's 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 going to be it's, and that's kind of a good kind of learning again. Is is it's going to feel strained and strange and, and out of your depth. That's at first, and that's normal. That's what they shouldn't be doing. The more comfortable you'll get with the framework and the process, the better that will feel. But but they are designed to kind of push you out of your depth a little bit, which is a key learning. So it's okay to feel that way. They're not going to necessarily snap into place and everyone's going to be this well-oiled machine they, they are there to disrupt a little bit as well yeah and of course coming back to the original point of the the podcast is you know um get at least one if not two or three internal okr champions trained up um D- definitely you know, i know we offer it as part of our consultancy it's, it's you know right at the core is making sure there's internal champions but even if you do decide to go it alone somebody that's an expert on the subject matter is is vital uh, yeah absolutely a yeah, good point you're absolutely I, I spent more time answering questions about okrs and the thinking and, and helping build out uh, better understood data pipelines of, of the process than i did facilitating so i think that is a very good point to, to have that mm-hmm. specialist and that kind of person that's passionate about it and understands them in the organization yeah peter thank you so much for joining us Awesome. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed the chat with you as well, Lawrence. Good. And uh, thank you again, everyone, for listening. Um, Please stay stay home, stay safe. Hope you're all not going too stir-crazy with cabin fever um, and you're enjoying the podcast. If you are enjoying the podcast, please go on to whatever, um, you know, 
whatever platform you listen to it on and give it a five star rating and let us know what you think it, it makes a massive difference for us um and you know we'll we'll speak to you next week if you've got anything to add use hashtag giant talk on twitter and linkedin uh, and we'll chat soon thanks bye